Welcome to Dead Pilot Society, the show that takes comedy pilots from A-list writers that were sold and developed at networks, but never produced, and gives them the table reads they never got a chance to have. I'm Andrew Reich, the creator and host of Dead Pilot Society, and this is our 100th episode, which is crazy. We started this thing back in September of 2016, so it's taken almost exactly six years to get us to that 100 episode mark. And we're not doing anything crazy, wildly special for our 100th episode. We're bringing you a fantastic dead pilot, as always. We're not going nuts, and I'll tell you why. For the first 57 episodes of Dead Pilot Society, the table read and the interview with the creator were combined into one episode. And then we started separating it into the table read and the after show. We also had some special episodes in there, interviews with executives, things like that. So by my count, this is the 73rd Dead Pilot we have done. Now, when we hit 100 Dead Pilots, that's when we're just going to blow it out. But like I said, we do have a great pilot for you for this 100th episode. Our pilot this month is called Electric Youth, and it was written by David Iserson. David has written on Saturday Night Live, United States of Terra, Up All Night, New Girl, Mad Men, Mr. Robot, Mozart in the Jungle, also the writer of my daughter's favorite movie, The Spy Who Dumped Me. Now this is, I believe, our first time travel pilot. We've had zombies, we've had robots, we've had aliens, vampires, no time travel until now, and it's a really fresh take on time travel as well. All about the characters and the relationships. Our cast for this one, from Grace and Frankie, Lindsay Craft, from The 100 and Diary of a Wimpy Kid, Devin Bostic, from The Good Place and The Amber Ruffin Show, Demi Adijuwebe, from Eighth Grade and Transparent, Emily Robinson, from Loot and The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, Dylan Galula, from Camping, Caitlin Tenimoto, David Iserson, our writer, uh, gets in there for a line or two. And filling in at the last minute, our associate producer, Noah Findling. Hey, if you want to see the people reading this and you didn't join during Fundrive, just become a Max Fund member for as little as $5 a month. You'll get access to the video and all of our bonus content from past years. Just go to MaximumFun.org join. Now, enjoy Electric Youth after a brief message. Hi everyone, I'm Ella McLeod. And I'm Alexis B. Preston. And we host a show called Comfort Creatures, the show for every animal lover, be it a creature of scales, six legs, fur, feathers, or fiction. Comfort Creatures is a show for people who prefer their friends to have paws instead of hands. Unless they are raccoon hands, that is okay. That is absolutely okay, yeah. Yes. Every Thursday, we will be talking to guests about their pets, learning about pets in history, art, and even fiction. Plus, we'll discover differences between pet ownership across the pond. It's going to be a hoot on Maximum Fun. This is Electric Youth, the pilot written by David Iserson. It's the cold open. We're in a girl's bedroom. A Chiron tells us it's 1995. Weezer's Say It Ain't So plays on the clock radio. A Reality Bites poster hangs on a Pepto-Bismol pink wall. Brittany Calver, 16 as of tomorrow, pretty and tightly wound, underlines a copy of Slaughterhouse-Five. There's a loud crack and then a bang on the window. She shakes her head, stands, and pulls the curtain. Charlie, my dad will murder me if you're in my room. 
Charlie Pelt, 16, super charming and energetic, peeks his head through the open window just above the second story ledge. Your dad loves you. He's not going to murder you. Well, he'll give me a stern lecture about wasting my time, and then he'll murder you. That was a good run, but not before I wish you... His smile gives way as he loses his grip, but he catches himself. She grabs his arm and helps him through the window. Happy birthday, Brittany. Sweet 16. Can I sing? Uh... What? No, it's not tomorrow yet. Tomorrow's for everyone else. I wanted to be first. Come out. Like, outside? I have two tests tomorrow, and I'm super tired, and I need sleep. You know, to live. So what? Fail the test. How's it going to affect your life? Everything we do is important. I fail a test, it hurts my GPA, and I'll have to go to a strip mall college next to Domino's and live back here and wear a name tag to work. Don't do that to me. Oh, you are so absolutely depressing. Lighten up, or you're going to miss something amazing that I'm about to show you right now. Come out. It's a giant surprise. She perks up at the word surprise. Just tell me. I'm a little old and a little too busy for birthday surprises. Sorry, you're just going to have to experience it. Then promise you'll make it quick. Nope, can't promise that. And we go to a roller skating rink. Charlie leads Brittany to the back of the closed rink. He knocks an elaborate rhythm on the door. Breaking and entering and skating? Bye. I'm going home to study. Well, this is a billion times better than roller skating. What do you want to be doing in 20 years? I hope sleeping. Brittany, we've known each other, like, our whole lives. You're my best friend. But I feel like we... Uh... The door opens fast. Dougie, 16, awkward and weird, peeks out. Why'd you have to bring her? Not thrilled to see you too, jerk. We cut to the back room where Charlie adjusts a sheet that hangs over something. He's here because it's important. Friends, I've built the greatest invention of the 20th century. We built. Also, I hung this sheet and I guarded it. On with the show, kids. Dougie pulls off the sheet. It's... Your mom's hamper? Shoot, and I didn't bring laundry. Let's resume tomorrow with a load of whites. It is a hamper, but with wires, lights, and electrical panels. I have imagination. It's not just a hamper. I've built a time machine. Charlie clocks Brittany's completely unimpressed look. I felt like you would get this. Oh, I get it. You're playing with toys in the middle of the night. The time machine is not a toy. You really need to think about the future, Charlie. I'm the only one really thinking about the future. I built a time machine. End of cold open. Act one, we're in the same bedroom as the cold open, the same pink room with the same posters, now sun-bleached and water-stained. A girl who looks like Brittany pulls old clothes out of a garbage bag in a closet. This is Harper. She's 15. A Chiron says, it's the future. Today. Brittany, 20 years later, now called Brit, sits groggy in bed. She's in her 30s with a mess of morning hair and practical pajamas. She's still very pretty. Harper holds up a flowy, my so-called life sundress. It's huge. Ma, your old stuff is amazing. Were you pregnant in high school too? No, just college. We wore things back then. I wore that dress to little fair. Were you sneaking people inside the pockets? And did you cover the house with this when you fumigated? I was very cute. Harper puts on the dress over her t-shirt. You'd have to be. I'm wearing it. Don't you think it would help you meet people in the new school if you maybe dress a little more like approachable? Oh, I don't want to meet people in this. I'm going to live inside of it until graduation. So you've hated every second since we've moved back here. So, you, so you've hated every second since we've moved back here? Not every second. No, yes, <laughs> right. Every second. 
I feel crappy to be back here too, but living here can be an opportunity for stability. And look, there's a drawer with my old retainers and someone saved for some reason. I And pictures of me with really, really high bangs. She indicates a cork board with old photos, including one of Britt and Charlie, 13 or so, roller skating together. Your boyfriend's pants are out of control. I mean, they're like skin from a glow-in-the-dark tiger. Not a boyfriend. He was my um, best friend. Uh, right. Pick out a good movie for us tonight, okay? Happy birthday. You look great. Harper removes a candy wrapper twisted up in Britt's hair. We cut to Britt folding shirts in an obnoxious chain clothing store full of thumping music, disinterested teenagers, and her manager, Clara, 10 years younger than Britt. Britt tries not to look annoyed. Wow. Can I just say wow? When I became manager, I told myself I wasn't going to just critique. I was going to encourage. So, wow, Britt. You fold with panache. Thanks. The regional manager didn't want to hire you, but I had a feeling. Wait, she, she didn't want to hire me? She thought you were overqualified. You went to Yale. Maybe you'd feel above this job. Well, I, I didn't graduate. So. That's what I told her. I said you were not too good for the job. This is exactly where you should be. Clara walks away and Britt buries her head in a stack of jeans. We go to the mall food court. Britt eats across from Kimberly in her mid-20s, her younger sister. Kimberly holds up a cupcake with a candle. Make a wish. Whatever you want. Oh, you think I can just delete everything I don't want? That'll take more candles than we have. Instead, why don't you wish for bath oils? Happy birthday. I bought you bath oils. Kimberly hands Britt a wrapped gift. Britt blows out the candle. I know how you feel about it, but I'm glad you're back. It could be worse. You could have never left, like me. You're in grad school. You're young. You're fine. Don't look on the bright side for my benefit. To the Calvary sisters, total disasters. Cheers. I put booze in your soda cup. Can't be too tipsy. I'm really focusing on my sweater folding today. With the right training, I hope to fold in the Olympics. They cheers with their soda cups. Britt is bumped from behind by a guy grabbing free samples from the food stand behind her. Hey, watch it, dude. She turns around. It's Dougie, 20 years older, and now Doug, shoving free raviolis into his mouth from a tray. Buddy, how about just splurge on an order of ravioli? All your own, huh? Wait, why are you go Holy crap, Brittany Calver. She's deflated at being recognized. Oh, you're a celebrity, Britt. It's, it's Doug Munson from my school. Dougie? Oh, yeah. I remember that shirt. It's vintage, but I, I have had it since high school, yeah. Do you remember my sister, Kim? I will now. When you graduated high school, I was eight. You're a nine now. Ugh. How, how are you, Dougie? Great. I run a tech startup. Anything I've heard of? You know, Candy Crush? Yeah. I don't make that, but I do make Candy Crutch. It's apps for people who misspell what they want. Facepool, Spotify, Google, Google Naps. I'm an actual millionaire. I'm in the big glass house on the hill above the high school. Got a great deal. Big murder there. Two pools, both heated. Yet you're covered in tomato sauce. Okay, some of it's ketchup from yesterday. Well, Brittany Calver. I heard you wrote a book or something, right? What the hell are you doing back? I, I had to um, take care of my mom. Is she sick? No. no. She's, in, she's in Florida. You had to take care of my mom's uh, house. She has a lot of collectibles and porcelain and what have you. Weren't you in prison? No, just um, 
just gel for a few nights. So I on a website for hot mug shots and I agreed it was hot. Doug leans in whispering. Do you ever feel guilty about 20 years ago? You know, well, why? Why would you bring that up? Of course I do. Don't you? I think about it a lot. It was nice seeing you. He just stands there. Did you want a cupcake? Two, if you don't mind. We go to an old van. Harper uncomfortably makes out with a 17-year-old guy with a teen stash and a septum piercing. She pushes him away. Can we resume this um, tomorrow? It's my mom's birthday and I got to go inside. You sure? I, I got a whole mattress set up in the back of the van. Toothbrush, canned food. Be prepared. That's my motto. That, that's the Boy Scouts motto? No, I think it was mine first. She gets out of the car. Sorry, but... um. Thank you. <laughs> Text me. When we go to Britt's living room, Harper comes through the door. Britt looks out the front window, holding a pastry box and an egg crate of VHS tapes. Yeah, I probably shouldn't let you go out with a dude in a van. Like, that's a red flag. There's literally a red flag, like, hanging in his van. From the window, the van pulls away, and there is a little red flag hanging from the antenna. I think it's supposed to be ironic. He's interesting. He's, he's really into uh, camping and stuff. Yeah. Irony is hard to decipher sometimes. So I have nine cupcakes left and I found my old VHSs. We got clueless. I think there's a VCR in the basement somewhere. Sorry, I'm late. Don't be. I'm glad you were doing something. I mean, I hope you didn't end up end your night early to hang out with your mom. Do you want to go back out to your boyfriend's scary van? (laughs) It's not my boyfriend. I'm just helping him with math. Oh, since when are you uh, are you good at math? Guy asked me to hang out. I didn't want to talk him out of it, <laughs> but I, I'd rather watch old movies with you for your birthday. If these movies are old, you're saying that I'm old. I'm 15. You're my mother. It doesn't make you not old. So now you're good at math. We go to Britt's bedroom. Britt and Harper lie side by side on the bed, lit by the television glow. Britt slides her finger across cupcake icing. Promise me something, Harp. Depends. Is this like a promise me you'll buy more orange juice or like when I die, spread my ashes in Ireland? Neither. But when I die, I put my ashes in a jar and wear it around your neck and then talk to the jar in public. Like, mommy, do you want to have a picnic in the park? Promise me when you get out of here, when you go to college, Mm -hmm. you graduate and you keep moving. You're better than me. Okay. Please be better than me. Why do you have to make birthdays so depressing? They're not. They're great for the first part of your life. They're like, it's one year closer to whatever I want to do. But then at a certain point, it's one year further away from what I I didn't do. Sorry, mom. I'm sorry. No, don't. I came away with lots of good stuff. Well, you. But being here in this house, when I was 16, I remember being in English class and I was writing a story or something and I felt invincible. I was going to be this great writer and it was all, it was like there right in front of me. And you could still do stuff. No, it's a cycle. Everything we do is important, but you lose one important thing and then everything just falls apart. How about you go to my English class tomorrow and I'll stay home? Baby Grapes of Wrath, there's a quiz. Mr. Foreman is a Nazi grader. Harper falls asleep and a moment later, so does Britt. We pre-lap loud knocking on the window. In Britt's bedroom later, Britt sleeps, Harper beside her. 
A cupcake dangles above her face. Britt wakes, abrupt, nervous. She grabs a plastic knife from the pastry box. Hello? Who is that? I have a knife. She licks the frosting off the knife, then holds it in front of her and cautiously pulls the curtain from the window to see Charlie. He's still 16, straight out of the mid-90s, flannel shirt, jeans, Nikes, backpack, dangling from the ledge. Hey. Brittany gasps. She can't make words. He pulls himself inside. I told you so. Time machine works. Off Brit, her eyes wide, panicked. And that's the end of Act One. In Act Two, we're in Brit's bedroom. Brit sits on her bed, gasping as Charlie stands in front of her. What's wrong? You've done it, Brit. You've you finally totally and completely lost your mind. They're going to put you in a facility. But then, hey, you could catch up on books. Uh, do me a favor. Have them put me in a place with, with a mild climate and trees. You just asked a hallucination to do you a favor. You're an embarrassment. You are, you are done. I'm not a hallucination. Do you need me to pinch you? He reaches his hand over and she covers her chest quickly. Don't pinch my breasts. They're new. They're not new. <laughs> new to me. I'm impressed. Harper turns in the bed and opens her eyes. Mom? But if I'm just a hallucination... Go back to bed, sweetie. You have to leave. I don't have to go anywhere. I don't care. Go. Go. Okay, why are, why are you yelling? Who is he? Harper. What, you see him too? I'm Charlie. You look like Brittany. Brittany, this girl looks like you. Mom, what did you do? Mom, you have a daughter? Weird. Here's the thing. I built a time machine 20 years ago and it worked and now I'm here. I'm Charlie Peltz, Brittany's friend. No, no. I, I should call someone. A doctor? I, I'll call Aunt Kim. No, no. We just... Uh, someone else has got to understand what's happening. Well, there's Dougie. Dougie, yes. He lives in a, a big glass house on the hill by the high school. I'm probably hallucinating, so you should drive, Harper. We're in the park. It's 1995. Charlie takes a photocopied piece of paper from his backpack. I found this. Well, I went into your locker, so more like stole than found. Well, you shouldn't have done that. That's yearbook property. As editor... It's of just a copy. Uh, in 20 Years by Brittany Calvert. This is long. One, write a great book. Two, live in Manhattan. Three, own the red Doc Martens, the $200 one. Stop, stop. I know what it says. So why wait? Uh, what if you can do all of that now, together? Oh, with Charlie, what do you mean together? <sighs> Brittany, I think I'm in love with you. Oh, God. That's um, a lot to... That's it's a lot to say. Charlie, I have, you know, so much to do with school and stuff right now. I, I can't have a boy boyfriend now. I'm planning for the rest of my life, but maybe, maybe not now, but... Mm -hmm. In the future, right? Like, like how long in the future, be exact? 10 years, 20 years? So when, when do you think we can maybe go out? You know that you're important to me. You've always been. You're my best friend, Charlie. You make me happy. And? No, and you do all of these fun, crazy things, but I can't keep doing that. I, I need to focus. I, I want to get out of this town. That's fine. Whatever you want. Just give me a number. Charlie, seriously. How many years? Charlie jumps off the jungle gym, landing with a thud. 20 years? Charlie runs away, turning his head back. I'm going to say I told you. And we're back in the present. Britt pounds on the door of Doug's giant glass house. Charlie and Harper behind her. Doug opens it, holding a baseball bat. Oh, hello. Welcome to Doug Estate. He opens the door wider. Kimberly stands behind him in a robe. I don't have it in me for both of you, but please fight it out. Kimberly? 
Oh, God. This is so humiliating. Aunt Kim, I, I called you. Hi. What's wrong? Dougie? Charlie! Doug sees Charlie. His eyes widen. He brings the bat back up. No, no. This isn't real. A ghost. It's a ghost. Ghost of my house. Charlie reaches out and clasps the bat and pulls it away. I knew it. The machine worked. People call me crazy. You're not crazy. It worked. We're going to make so much money off of this, Charlie. We are all crazy. He's not standing there. He is standing here. Aunt Kim and I can see him, Mom. Um, yeah. See who? Him? You're Kim? You used to be a baby. Everybody used to be a baby. Who is this kid, Brett? I'm not a kid, first of all. I'm 16. Who is this mature adult 16-year-old kid, Brett? 20 years ago, Charlie built a time machine with me. We built. I need to find my underwear. Only the stupid time machine. And we cut to a fancy expanse of the closed mall. Charlie, Britt, Harper, Kimberly, and Doug walk quickly through. They pass a snack kiosk. Must be weird to you, huh? How much bottled water costs now? I've never bought groceries, ever. They walk through a hallway leading to a loading dock. Charlie reaches behind a stack of boxes and pulls out the time machine. I left 1995 in the roller rink and I ended up here. They demolished the roller rink in like 04. They built a fancy mall addition, so there's more sweater stores and gluten-free pretzels. And they call that progress. He invented a time machine out of a laundry hamper. It's pretty amazing, huh? Well, you can just set this thing to bring you back, right? Not yet. I want to see the future. Where are the flying cars and the holograms? There, there are no flying cars. They had a Tupac hologram at Coachella. Why would Tupac need a hologram? Sorry to be the one to tell you, but when you live by the gun, you die by the gun. Tupac is fine. The future is not that cool. You need to go home. What about your parents? They miss you, right? Yeah, it's been 20 years. I doubt my mom even noticed I'm gone yet. Come on, Charlie. What am I supposed to do with you? Where will you stay? I have to go to a job I hate and Harper has to go to school she hates. We're doing great, everyone. <laughs> you can stay with me. I have eight futons, but like classy futons. Well, you really don't want me to be here, Britt? I'm really sorry. Everything is so much. I I've gone backwards in my life. You know, I didn't graduate college and I got pregnant, but then I tried to write this book, but then I made a lot of it up and I got really stern lecture from Oprah. It was bad. Don't forget your, about your arrest. Oh, thanks, Dougie. Yeah. Yes, I got a little drunk and peed a little on a police horse and they do not have a sense of humor about that. That's the kind of stuff I want to be here for. The Brittany I know would have thought this was amazing. I do think it's amazing. You do? I knew you would. Of course it's amazing. You built a time machine. You went to the future, but the future didn't turn out the way that we wanted. Charlie, disappointed but keeping it together, steps into the hamper slash time machine. He flips a switch and the thing lights up. I really don't want to go back. Everyone wants to go back. We were young and happy. You could bring shampoo in an airplane and- Look, I'm going to go back to 1995 and I'm going to change your mind and you're going to go out with me. You know what? I hope I do. I was stupid and I really missed you. And I'm going to resist because I was so uptight, but slap me in the face and tell me I just need to relax. Yeah, you're not going to go out with me if I slap you in the face. He turns a dial, a light flashes and the machine sputters with light on Brit's face. It's incredible. But then smoke and then fire. Fire, fire. All right, the kid's on fire. We're all going to die. The alarm and sprinklers activate. Brit pulls Charlie out, holding him like a baby. It's emasculating. The machine is a singed and melted mess. Why on earth are you smiling? I don't know exactly. 
This has been a really weird birthday. We go to the roller skating rink back room in 1995. Much like the previous scene, but 20 years earlier, Charlie turns on the machine. The lights flicker, but then it gives out. Dougie, where's the inside panel? Really? You need that part too? Outside the roller skating rink, Charlie roots inside a dumpster, emerging with a circuit board. He hears noises. Through the foggy windows of a crappy teenager's car, he can see a couple, close, apparently making out, but maybe they're not. The girl turns. It's Brittany. She sees him. Charlie gasps, tripping over garbage bags as he flees. No, Charlie, it's not. She pushes out of the car, followed by Jeremy, 16, a handsome, intimidating varsity wrestler. Charlie is mortified and hurt. He turns and runs back into the rink. Brittany follows. Hi, everybody. My name is Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. Dr. Sydney McElroy. That, that is true. It's important in this context because we host a medical history podcast called Sawbones. Oh, I thought we were going to. We should have worked on that. Sawbones. Sawbones isn't afraid to ask the hard-hitting questions. Like, are vaccines as safe and reliable as they want us to believe? Yes. Do I have to get a flu shot? Yes. Uh, okay. Is science a miracle? No. We have a lot of great history for you and a lot of laughs. And sometimes the history is so bad that there's no laughs. But you'll learn something. You'll feel something. And it's always sawbones. That's right. Every week on MaximumFun.org. Back in the present, we're in Britt's bedroom. Britt snaps her eyes open. Is that all a dream? She winces. Her head hurts. She looks at yet another cupcake still in her hand. No more. Bad dreams. She sees an empty bottle of wine and throws it into a trash bin. Also your fault. On second thought, she takes another bite of the cupcake. Mm. In Britt's living room, she walks downstairs, dressed for work, brushing her stray hairs down with her fingers. She startles. Charlie sits at the dining room table, intently focused on Britt's laptop. Morning. Oh, this is still happening? The computer is fascinating. You can just type anything and it's there in a second. I mean, to be honest, I started mostly looking for boobs. They have every kind, big ones, little ones, mediums. Yeah, the internet has cataloged all boob varieties. And then I looked on this Facebook thing. Every girl we went to school with looks like a mom and all the guys are fatter and or bald. Yeah, they're just in their mid thirties. They should be moms and fat and bald. You still look good. I mean, you're like a hundred, but really nice Halloween pictures. Oh, I'm sure there's a compliment somewhere. In there, so I, thank you, yeah. I took a quiz on the computer to prove I grew up in the 90s. I didn't pass. Did you know that Michael Jordan was in a movie with Bugs Bunny? And, and who's NSYNC? Yeah, it's not important anymore. What are we gonna do today? I really wanna explore the, the future. I can't, I gotta go to work. You go to Doug's, fix your machine. Mm, Doug's house smells like old cheese. I'd rather come with you. No, it's not like bring your teenager to work kind of job. I just, I work at the mall. You work at the mall? Listen, I'm not very proud of- I, I mean, you said things weren't going well, but you got a job at the mall? That's huge. Which store, The Gap? Jeans country, it's near The Gap. It's amazing, Brittany. I knew you'd turn things around. Harper comes down the stairs, dressed for school. He's here, still? Morning, um, yeah, yeah, he's here. I'm sorry, I really have to go. Can you keep him out of trouble, please? I'm older than you, thank you. And Britt walks out the door. Where are you going? Uh, school. Why? Kind of hoverboard moving sidewalk situation gets you there. On the street, Harper and Charlie walk. Harper looks intently at her phone. 
What are you looking at? Just texting. You don't know what that is, do you? I know what textbooks are. I heard about you before, you know. My mom always told me the story about her boyfriend who vanished into thin air. She said boyfriend? She probably just said friend. It was like a game. We'd guess what happened to you. Like, were you a ghost the whole time? Or was it a magic trick with mirrors? That's cool. You talked about me. When we lived in the city, we talked about everything. And we were both kind of bummed to move here. Did this town always suck? For me? Yes, always sucking. But you weren't new. I always felt kind of new. She sees something on her phone. Oh, huh. I just got dumped. When? She holds out a text message. It says, I think we should not hang out again. Sad smiley face. That's so convenient. Also not nice, though. What do you want to do about it? Um, be miserable? Do you have something else in mind? I happen to be pretty good at revenge. Is this guy allergic to bees? And if so, how allergic? From his backpack, he takes out a Mountain Dew can and shakes it. We go to Doug's house. It's an adolescent boy's dream, minus the girls. Doug's employees are young and listen to headphones huddled in corners on their laptops with snacks. Charlie and Doug sit on a red couch behind a sleek mock-up of Charlie's machine. Doug is full of caffeine and excitement. I've been working on this for years, ever since I started making money. It doesn't work, obviously. Your life is amazing here. You told that guy to get you a milkshake, and he just is. I want to see what you've seen. What did you experience for the last 20 years? Tell me everything. Nothing happened. Yesterday I was in 1995 and now I'm here. Tomorrow I was supposed to have a test on the periodic table and instead it's 2015, which is great because I didn't study at all. The intern hands Doug and Charlie milkshakes. I'd go back to high school with you or maybe I'd bring dinosaurs to now and sell them. Just little dinosaurs. You think you don't want, you think you want big ones, but you don't. From the side of the room, Kimberly sneaks through trying unsuccessfully to enter undetected. She spots Charlie. Oh, God, you're everywhere. I forgot my purse. The two of us, we're like magnets. We draw each other in. We didn't do anything. You cried and then you fell asleep. It's a move. She still came back. Kimberly finds her purse and turns to leave. Kim, wait. Well, Brittany was always so ambitious and she wanted to do all this stuff. What happened to her? Uh, that's the million dollar question. I'm younger, so I don't really remember. But she got pregnant really young. But it was before that. She just lost something she just thought she could do anything and then she just stopped thinking that when did that happen probably around the time her best friend completely disappeared and we go to a high school hallway harper checks if the coast's clear and opens a locker she tapes the shaken soda can lightly to the locker's inside ceiling in the mall clothing store Britt works at her stupid job she holds up a pair of stained old pants in front of a customer and the pants just came like this but you didn't notice it until you got home and pulled off the tags and owned them for like six months. I'm as surprised as you are. So cash is fine. Hmm. Clara motions for Brit to smile and Brit makes a big fake one. Then behind the customer, Charlie approaches in public. He stands out vividly, his bright clothes clashing with the world. You, you can't be here. Go away. Shoo. Let's talk about how we left things with us. He attracts the attention of other customers. I always had a crush on you, and I know you knew that, and of course I did. You were amazing, and... Charlie, I'm, I'm glad you're in touch with your feelings, but we're fine, okay? That was a long time ago. But what I mean is, there will always be something keeping us apart, but that's just how it is. We'll find a way, Brittany. We're like Ross and Rachel. 
No, we're not. We're Rachel and a 16 year old time traveler. Wait, did that happen on Friends? I haven't seen any of the later episodes. No, no, that did not happen on Friends. It's ridiculous. You're a kid and I'm an adult and I'm not a virgin. I didn't wait for you. And and what do you, what do you want from me? Customers stop and stare at them. Britt's phone rings. In the high school hallway, teen Stash opens his locker. Soda drips everywhere. And then he hears the buzzing of bees. He squeals. In the clothing store, Britt answers her phone. Hello? Hi. What did she do? This is your fault, isn't it? Well, that depends. What happened? And did it work? And that's the end of Act 2. Act 3, we're in the high school hallway. Charlie follows Britt through the doors. In the school, he stands out even more. He immediately attracts curious attention. She's annoyed. Harper sits outside the vice principal's office. Harper, don't do stupid things. Charlie, you can't mess with my kid. Don't tell her to do stupid things. Harper, don't listen to stupid things Charlie tells you to do. It wasn't that stupid. It was a good idea. I'm glad I did it. He got stung so many times. Britt points to tables in the atrium where students eat lunch. Wait for me over there. Go. Harper gets up. The door to the office opens. Jeremy, now 35, handsome and affable, sticks his head out and sees Britt. Brittany. I'm so sorry about this. They lean in for a cheek kiss. Jeremy moves and Charlie sees the door's nameplate. Jeremy Price, vice principal. And we cut to the past, to the roller skating rink, where Brittany and Jeremy part from their embrace. Back in the present on Charlie as he puts it all together. Of course. Holy shit. Who is this? He's uh, my sister's son. She's on a humanitarian mission in India. Uh, we don't know when she'll be back. Kimberly's son. No, I have an older sister, Gwen, Stacy. Spider-Man's girlfriend? Her married name is, yes, the same as Spider-Man's girlfriend. Your mother, his mother, Charlie's mother is Charlie Stacy. Charlie Stacy? That name sucks. <laughs> Jeremy looks at Charlie curiously. Britt freezes, nervous. Do you know who he looks like? Who? Because I don't think, I don't think he looks like anyone you would know. I don't Eddie Furlong. You know, the kid from Terminator 2? Honestly, it was what I was going for with the haircut. You've seen T2? Of course. He loves old movies. What are you talking about? I hate old movies. Teenagers, they like things. They, they hate things. Who knows what's what? I don't. <laughs> I'll be with you in a minute, okay? Jeremy pops back into his office. Britt's fake smile abruptly changes as she walks Charlie into the hallway. You probably got me fired, so you know. I just, I just up and left work. Thank you for traveling space and time to screw up my life. Yep. You're getting what you want now, though. You get to see your true love, Jeremy Price. Charlie, you're ridiculous. I saw you two kiss. On the cheek, just now? Yesterday, for me, 20 years ago for you. Uh, if you want to be with Jeremy, I get it. You two should continue with your sex. Jeremy Price is gay. What? No way. Seriously? How gay? Like all gay. He came to the reunion with his partner and they adopted a baby girl from South Korea, I think. Whoa. Then why did he always punch me in the face and call me gay? Oh my God, I understand people. You don't understand anyone. People hate things in others that they aren't comfortable about in themselves, but learning to love yourself is the greatest love of all. <laughs> this is... Funny to Brit. Charlie is in front of a plaque with his picture with a big goofy smile etched into it. It's the Charles Peltz Memorial Trophy case. Charlie Peltz, 1979 to 1995. 
Um, don't walk past that. They give me a whole trophy case? She looks back to him and the case. He duplicates the smile. She laughs a little and then uncontrollably. <laughs> what, is the picture that bad? I picked out the picture <laughs> because I was your friend and that picture was, that was after you burned off your eyebrows. <laughs> that yeah. Was funny. yeah, the right one's mostly magic marker. She looks farther down the trophy case and sees herself. Oh my God, I was most likely to succeed. <laughs> Smooth move, class of 98. Yeah. That's stupid. You're probably right. You're still probably more likely to succeed than anyone else. Charlie, I'm not. Like, I didn't. Your life isn't over. If you need a job, get a job. Get a job here. The teachers were always, like, barely breathing. Like that sub who put that machine on her neck to talk and the one who hid under the desk and muttered about communism. Charlie, I aspire to be as qualified as those weirdos. Back in Jeremy's office, Britt sits across from him. So she exploded a Mountain Dew can in her boyfriend's locker. Then the bees. He looks like, can he looks like a cantaloupe with a little teen mustache. She told me he wasn't her boyfriend. Reminded me of you. I think one of your boyfriends exploded a can in my locker once. His name was... I don't remember. At the high school lunch tables, Charlie sits at a table with Harper. He scans the room. We see in quick cuts, students on iPads talking into earbuds. Harper stares at her phone. It makes Charlie uncomfortable. What is on that thing that's so interesting? Harper looks up from her phone. Hmm? A girl, Fleur, in a Nirvana smiley face shirt, sits on the far side of Charlie and Harper's table with her lunch. Hey, you like Nirvana? Fleur looks up. Please don't talk to people. They'll think I'm weird because I'm with you and you're weird. You're also weird. Not my fault. I love Nirvana. Did you know that Kurt Cobain died? Yes. I think I heard that somewhere. Nevermind has amazing songs. My sister is so stupid. She's like, you mean the guy from the Foo Fighters? And I'm like, what's the Foo Fighters? Exactly. Right. I have two Nirvana CDs, but my Discman skips. So I put them on tape. Charlie reaches into a backpack and pulls out a Walkman and pops out a tape with a handwritten label. It's unplugged on one side and Vitology on the other. Pearl Jam? Albany, look at this. Another girl, Albany, joins the table. Whoa, retro, weird. Albany takes a picture of the tape with her phone. I'm Charlie. I'm Fleur. Harper is perplexed by this. No one ever notices her. Charlie, what's your Instagram? I'll tag you in this. I don't own one of those. What's your Twitter? Reddit? Snapchat? He's not into screens. My AOL screen name is Hot Dog Popsicle 79. Yeah, you're keeping your stuff like real. Let me see your phone. My phone? Yeah. Fleur points to Harper's iPhone. Yeah, your cell phone? That's a phone? Hey, I'm not a fancy millionaire or a drug dealer. I don't have a cell phone. So you're new here? We both are. This is Harper. Was your other school like this? Better. The same, just uh, newer. In the vice principal's office, Britt relaxes in their conversation. You seem much happier since the last time I saw you. The, do I? Hmm, that's weird. It's been a weird day. Jeremy, I need a job. Oh, yeah? Yeah, what do you got? Lunch lady, bus driver, who mops the puke? Who mops the puke? I'd be amazing at that, really. You're looking at like the most likely to succeed here, so. Seriously, what do you have in mind? Well, I was always ho happy in our English class. I can do that. And I just, I like, I happen to speak English, so. Ooh, now you sound overqualified. We're not like a top ranked high school. Durr, I speak English good. 
<laughs> Better. I could put you on the sub list right on top. Our, our English classes would be impressed by you. By me? Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Everybody was always impressed by you, Brett. Brit smiles, baby steps, but it's something. In Brit's bedroom that night, Brit drops her purse in her room. A pair of pristine red Doc Martens sit in the middle of her bed. Happy birthday. She turns around. Charlie is climbing in the window. I let you in the house. I mean, the stairs are yours to use. Yours to use. Anything that's easy is more fun when it's hard. You brought these with you? Where did you get 200 bucks? I found them here. 11 bucks at Goodwill. I hope you're a men's 12. She finds her yearbook on the dresser and opens to her list of things to accomplish in 20 years, noting the Doc Martens. Red Doc Martens. One down. That list is not going to happen. I'm optimistic. You're almost there. Go to an Ivy League school. So you dropped out. You still showed up. Get profiled in the New York Times. It still counts if it's for bad stuff. Have fabulous dinner parties with fascinating people. Your sister brought over some dinner. Indian food, even though it looks like diarrhea, you'll eat uh, with me. The world's first time traveler. And apartheid. Did you have a hand in that? Who knows? Write a great book. You can. You told Harper all those stories about what happened to me. Thank you, Charlie. Since you're stuck here, we have another bedroom if you want it. Unless you want to stay with Doug. I do not want to stay with Doug. He was in a bathrobe and he says he lives his life underwear optional. You'll have to go to school. Maybe that's not too terrible. He looks to the corkboard and the picture of Charlie and Britt. Are rat tails back in style? Because I like mine a lot. Sorry, no, never. Oh, my bangs, those shorts. I thought I was so cool. You're still so cool. She smiles. It's sweet. You know, I, I got a C plus in science. I have no idea how I got a time machine to work. How did you do it, Charlie? I just really wanted it to work. Why would you want to be here? You broke my heart. You kissed someone, but you said 20 years, so. I'm 20 years older than you right now. Did you think about that? Well, honestly, no, I, I didn't think it through. That's what I always liked about you. You didn't think about things, and so I never knew what was going to happen. We had fun. Yeah, it'll be fun now, too. It's a, a great future. Now's the time we do great things. What do you want to do? Where do you want to go? Mm, that's a big question. I don't know, Charlie. You always knew what you wanted. You always knew what you wanted. You knew everything. You were the one who said that if I lit aerosol spray on fire, it would burn my eyebrow off. And you were right. I just tried to follow a bunch of rules, but I never had a plan. Charlie gives her his sly smile. It's your birthday. We should go roller skating right now. Mm, it's not there anymore. So what? We should still go. We go to the roller rink in 1995. Brittany chases Charlie into the rink. He goes to the back room. In the back room, Brittany opens the door as skaters speed behind her. She sees Charlie looking at her with a broken heart from his hamper slash time machine. And then a flash of light and he disappears. We go to the mall, it's night, it's the present. We hear Sick of Myself by Matthew Sweet. The mall is closed and dark. Then Britt, Harper and Charlie skate. Charlie can skate backwards and Britt smiles. Harper holds the wall with terrible balance. Um, why is this fun? <laughs> Britt slows down in front of Jean's country. You want me to throw something at it? Oh, we could mess up the place. I have a soda can with me and no one will ever know it was us. Nah, I'm going to skate on by. 
Where's your sense of adventure? Charlie takes off, skating fast in front of her. In a carefree moment, Britt speeds up. Charlie spins around and moves to the wall. He takes Harper by the hand and helps her balance and skate. They make eye contact and share a brief moment of attraction. Britt sees this and stumbles on her skates. And that's the end of the pilot. All right, I hope you enjoyed that. And please come back next week to hear my interview with David talking about writing on all those incredible shows on his resume. Uh, He's got some great stories about uh, the notes process on this pilot, too. Dead Pilot Society is produced by me and my co-host Ben Blacker. And our associate producer, Noah Finling, is edited and mixed by Jordan Katz. If you like us, please leave us a review on Apple Podcast. It really helps. What helps even more is telling a friend about us. You can follow us on social media to find out all the latest. We're on Twitter at Dead Pilots Pod and on Instagram at Dead Pilot Society. Until next time, I am Andrew Reich, and thank you for listening. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.